How about, seeing as, uh, I'd say, the three, you know, between the three of us being professional-like musicians into, you know, I'd say, you know, definitely past the, you know, well past the amateur, well past the, like, you know, we're, we're seasoned musicians and players. Absolutely. So spicy at like this a, point. Like a nice old walk. Mm-hmm. What do you do preparing and basically being forced isn't the right word, but in the opportunities and moments where you have to fill in or you've got to basically play to create, whether it's a session, you know, recording, whether it's a gig with other musicians first time? I totally lost the question. Can I paraphrase? How do you prepare for situations where you go in, you know, blind or is in situations where you don't know the other musicians? Maybe I do more. I, I think I do a little bit more of this than you guys do. No, but I, c- well, I could be I wrong. Mean, I, I, I've done a couple. I mean, I certainly have a method yeah. and a process that I've got whenever I'm in that situation. Let's, uh, but yeah, I guess the short answer to the question is what you know, where the podcast can probably actually start. After my rambling is oh no I'm I'm including the rambling God damn it um, yeah I, I, I see it <laughs> it's red it means it's recording having the two of you point at it text we got no <laughs> changes nothing text, are you going to go in here to eat your treats where there are microphones that are actively recording I'm fine with this should I mic it up so we can hear his mouth noises we have dog ASMR included in this podcast as well no I guess so how do you prepare and what do you listen to and do. When you're in a situation where you have to create or perform with brand new musicians you've never done so with. So usually the very first thing that comes to mind for me um, is the first song or verse or verse and chorus, whatever the amount of time is that it takes to get the feel. I will do the bare minimum to listen. To try to listen to what everybody else is doing and what space it feels like they are comfortable filling. Um, and then from there, kind of decide from that point, all right, what should I be doing? If it seems like the other musicians are much more comfortable in this kind of a realm, or especially if they've been playing together a lot longer than I have with them, if I'm just jumping in on this, um, then usually, all right, they're going to carry this a lot more than me. I'm just going to feel the space, the negative space that they are creating one way or the other where I need to be, um, if it's a much more loose and experimental thing, then it's, okay, we're going to kind of just feel this and figure it out. And we're going to try some things. Some will work, some won't work, but it's a safe environment for that. Or if it's a situation where, okay, maybe you are the better musician in the room, it's, all right, I'm going to lead us down some avenues and kind of get be the one to decide who's comfortable doing what. Yeah. And start off that way. Um, but 100%, the very first thing is being innocuous and listen. I like that. And I think it's very similar. I think what I was talking about earlier. And as you as you were speaking, I you know I immediately go, oh yeah, I'm basically just describing synthesis. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, I think that's a that's a wonderful little uh, cosmos where you get to play and experience that. Mm. Spreading the good word of synthesis. Yeah. What about you, Joe? What a uh, What's kind of your usual take on the whole process? 
So it, again, it depends on the scenario and kind of what I'm actually doing. Oftentimes, if it's like I'm, you know, subbing in or I, I have to perform or do, you know, I have to elevate a set that's already done or, you know, if I'm just creating on the spot, I will say, yeah, listening is huge. Um, li you know, listening, oftentimes, you know, if it's a band that I'm playing with, it's like, oh, I got to basically learn all these songs, obviously learn the songs, but just understand, okay, why are the songs written that way? You know, listen to, you know, listen, pay, really pay attention to those melodies. Be like, okay, you know, I can play the bare minimum, you know, harmonically, but, you know, that's, you know, it'll sound fine, but it's not going to, you know, elevate or push it higher or forward. If I can pay attention, okay, what's happening in the melody? What's happening you know, underneath? What is every, you know, what's the, what, what the, what's the rhythmic side of things? What's the drummer doing? Well, how can I fit in with the drummer, but then also push out and make, you know, the other things that they're doing better? Um, so I think I agree with you. Listening is one thing, but also really understanding the function of, you know, even their songwriting process and say, okay, what are they operating with? What is their, what's the idea they're trying to get across? And how can I push further push that to where, you know, they don't feel like they're working? Mm -hmm. That's incredibly insightful. I'm going to bunt this one. Boo. <laughs> yes. No, honestly, I mean, that's kind of, it's, it's kind of a little bit all there is to it. But I think the instrument you're playing also kind of determines. Complements that Well, it's like bit. what your homework is, more or less. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you have stuff to prepare and, like, material to look over, and there's already parts written, then your job is effectively done, right? You can go mm -hmm. and spruce things up and make little changes here and there if you're feeling brave. But, like, if you need to write parts for something, like a session or a group that doesn't have the instrument in their already, like, made things. Yep. <laughs> I did that this weekend. Right. Well, and that's frequently my case because keyboard players, especially around here, are not, like, omnipresent. There is a shortage. There is absolutely a shortage. Yeah. That's why someone asked me, do you know any keyboard players? And I'm like, I think I know two, and both of them are very overextended right now. Like, it is, yeah, it, it is the thing where it's like, if you are a keyboard player and you are, like, you know, effective, then, yeah, I like that. Instead of saying good or bad or professional or amateur, I just want to go with effective. Yeah. Are they, can they show up and make the thing happen? Um, <laughs> Which, you know, can always be a tall order. It it absolutely is a tall order. Oh, for sure. Um, oh, but so for keys, it's always weird though because if you look at like how keyboards sit in a bunch of different genres, they're kind of all over the place. And I mean, every instrument could say that, but you know, with guitar, there's like a very solid canon of this is the guitar stuff you should yeah. be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you you, got you've got you've got the idea. You've got the idea of the guitar hero. Like, right. that whole concept. Well, and you're playing rhythm or you're playing lead, right? And you could be finger-picking, you could be strumming, but, like, there's a set vocabulary you're kind of expected to know, genre to genre, but for keys, it's a little more Wild Westy because you could just be a piano guy, but if you're, like, a keyboardist in a jam session or something like that or in uh, coming into a band or anything, you have to figure out, oh, what, the f what do these guys even need? Mm -hmm. Like, and so I've done that in Invisible, uh, where I basically came in and they had no key parts, right? 
Yeah. I came into a four-piece band making it a five-piece, and they're like, oh, yeah, bring the guitar. Let's do it. And so then, like, in the subsequent years, I basically just had to figure out what key parts would work on what they were doing, what things they needed, and how to go and complement that. And that part's, like, that's hard work. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Being just being able to go and reimagine what already is existing and solid in a way, like because everyone kind of gets uh, they get really like set in their ways a little bit. Like once you hear, it's one of the hardest parts with songwriting yep. and arranging and producing is like once you've heard something one way, it's really difficult to go and be like it could also be other ways because our brains aren't like wired to be like oh but there are still options. It's like once we get something kind of yeah worked in then. <laughs> <laughs> like a particular session that we had in our past where it's like, this is how the song is. I'm like, well, yeah, that's how the song was. Doesn't mean that's, you know, it doesn't sound, doesn't, you know, that how the song was doesn't sound like anything that we're doing right now. So we need to work on right now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, that is that is one of my pet peeves, uh, which is interesting in recording, that uh, I have a hard time with people who are entitled and ignorant. What a terrible time for you to be alive right now. Yeah. I am so sorry. <laughs> it's not always going so great. But, yeah, no, I think that's so that that's like one use scenario, but even, like, keys across the board. I remember back when I was in school, I had to go and figure out, like, I'd be going and doing all these sessions. Oh, you want me to can the incense? <coughs> no, you're good. Oh, you're breathing beer. Don't recommend. You're you're training your body to accept carbon dioxide. Yes. Um, Slowly but surely. Hey, you know it, that'll come in handy when we uh, burn down all the forests and you know there is no. <laughs> but I'll be breathing longer before all of you. But right. for for that whole thing, I think one of the things that helped is helped and hurt is college because it went and put the fear of God in me, of just like how to behave in a session and how much playing is too much playing, mm. and it took me from being like a little uh, a, a little shit who thought he was hot shit out of high school into like yeah i'm not even like that good especially in those sessions where like you go in they're like oh we need some piano and it's like i it's like <laughs> they don't need piano they just need you to hit the chords yeah they need i was i would like i was going and playing a thing it's like hey uh just can you simplify the part a little bit and i was like okay and i'm and he's like even a little more to the point where i was just playing like whole note block chords over the changes just perfect I don't even know if it made it into the final mix or the sound alike projects where people will be like, oh, we want to go and reproduce this track and we need these are all the instruments in there. And I'm like, I can't even hear the things you're expecting me to do perfectly uh, like with the recording. I can't even pick out the thing that you want me to like immaculately transcribe. And, you know, the benefit of that. Then it doesn't matter. I could do anything. It'll be fine. Not literally, but, you know, yeah. I could do any vari any number of things that are that random string thing going on right then, you know? Yeah. That, sh that is, like, just a little sub-audible, you know? Get close and nobody will know the difference. Yeah. That's what she said? Yeah. Sounds like a really sad time for everybody involved. That sounds like a song idea. Get close and no one will know the difference. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Frown. <laughs> I feel like we can spin that positive. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to spin that positive. Lean into the sadness. Are we going to give him a big, fat, nasty sad? I feel like that's what we do so well. I don't know. I, I feel like we're definitely trending towards fun times. 
name me a tune of ours that's like happy content wise. Oh well, that's not the point. <laughs> we don't do that. But yeah, no, I mean, that is that is a huge thing. One other thing I think is important about going in, like jumping into those things is like making sure you do your homework and you go and immerse yourself in the material beforehand, but also knowing fucking etiquette for what you're supposed to do when you're there. Yeah. That's huge. Like, and that's just one of the things that no one tells you. No one tells you that, like in a recording session, don't just be playing. Like warm up if you need to, but do so for your own ears. There are plenty of ways to do that aside from drums. Um, but you know, don't just be like noodling or hacking. Yeah, no, noodling is always a no-no. But the thing is, is that in a bunch of contexts, people like people either don't know better or don't care. But in contexts where there's money and there's professionals working, it's like it is the one of the biggest dead giveaways that you're an amateur. Is just that oh, look at this guy, <laughs> thinks he's hot shit. And, like, sure, maybe a little jamming at sound check time with the session musicians. Sure, sure. But, like, not the whole time you're in the studio. Most of the time you're in the studio, you will likely not be playing at all. <laughs> and, the, and the thing that's hard for a lot of people is you will not be playing while your hands are on the instrument. You have to go and sit there with your instrument like you're in a rehearsal. For those of us that fidget, it's awful. I have a fidget spinner. Yeah. Did you hear that? That's that's a fidget spinner. Thank you for sharing. I found that to be scrumptious. <laughs> no, but I think you're right. And I think the other thing when it comes to, you know, etiquette in certain contexts is for a lot of the times you're not going to know until you actually are in that situation a couple times in a row. Mm. Because I am sure I, kn- I know a couple of you at least know like etiquette is different between different styles of jam sessions. Oh, it'd be like that. It do. Yeah, it's almost like they're all different. It's crazy. Oh, and that's the that's the other thing. I think the last thing that really stands out to me is like if anyone's trying to get into it and like would like to I don't know. Like <laughs> if you'd like to get into this, why the hell are you listening to us? Yeah, right. Be start doing that. Go and harass people at open mics or wherever. I don't know. Find a studio and just stalk them. But uh, oh, I don't know. See, I love I, I love those scenarios where you know you f- you go in and you're totally out of your element. You oh get yeah. your ass kicked to you. That's called growth. That's good stress. That's right. Um, but that's but one of the parts though is and the, one of the things I've found is that because I got my ass kicked so hard in college with that shit, I was very uh, like gun shy and hesitant to go and play out or be loud enough. And I think I actually lost myself a couple gigs by doing that by being subaudible, hmm. right? By not going and being just the right amount of audible or just the right amount of present, right? Um, so it's definitely a balance. And I think that not being heard enough and not doing enough is just as bad as doing too much. It is unfortunately a fine balance. I can see that. Yeah. Especially with keys, because, you know, although, oh, there's a great story. Um, God, who is in Radiohead? Tom York. The other one. Greenwood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the two memorable members of Radiohead. Well, I mean, yeah, Colin and what's the other brother's name? Colin, I mean, Colin I Greenwood. I don't know. You've exhausted my Radiohead knowledge right there. I mean, Colin Greenwood. If you're thinking of, you know, guitar, Colin. Colin Greenwood. Yeah. Um, oh, but the, but yeah, the uh, Johnny Greenwood 
Oh, Johnny, yeah, then Johnny, yeah. Yeah, yeah, John, John, so Johnny Greenwood, he was like the last member of Radiohead to join up, right? And he st- apparently when he auditioned, or he aud- when he auditioned and started playing with them, he didn't even, like, turn his volume up on his keyboard. He just had it down the whole time, and everyone in the band was like, oh, man, we love what you're doing, it's great. And all he was bringing to the table was a nice, positive vibe. <laughs> And then eventually he started really working in stuff. And then he'd have, like, one thing that would stick out or another. And they'd be like, oh, that was really cool. But he just, like, took the time to kind of just be a tree in the room. Yeah, just to kind of get comfy, comfortable. Be a nice potted plant. Listen and see what they needed. There you go. (laughs) Turns out they needed nothing. For a little bit. No, they needed a positive attitude. And uh, having met some Brits, some of them do need positive attitudes. It's bleak over there. Well, I think that's also another thing never to overlook or discount is attitude and chemistry like that's such a huge thing in music that's really easy to overlook like you Um, might not be the best player but if you have the right attitude for a session or for a jam or something like that you could be the perfect player hang yeah you could be the perfect player that they need even if you're not the best yeah if they like if they like working with you and they like being around you chances are they might choose you over someone who is absolutely better than you but an absolute dick to be in the same room with. Or even just neutral. Is and that why I'm here? <laughs> Joe, that's why you're everywhere. Because you're good and charismatic. Oh, you got the full package. You got you got busting out Hanes right there. They're just sagging Bust, in the front. Busting Hanes. Full Bustin package. Busting Hanes. Busting Hanes. 